once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald. Uh, Matt Dudek, who you would usually find a, at the co-hosting spot, uh, will not be here. But joining us in his place, also from the sunny offices of our uh, sunny Southwest offices in New Mexico, is John Parker. How's it going, guys? Well, um, and then, of course, there's Kyle Rossi. We got him as well. Come along, afterthought. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) It's an office reference. Yeah. All right. Um, HorizonRoundTable.com. Uh, that's where all uh, you can uh, go visit us on the web. HorizonRoundTable.subscribe. Uh, that is where all of our links to our socials and our pot, where we are available by uh, uh, through the podcast apps, various podcast apps. Uh, make sure you uh, become a patron. Patreon.com/slash/HorizonRoundTable. Be sure to subscribe to us where our podcasts are found. It was a long week, guys. <laughs> <laughs> It was a long week. Well, I mean, it probably wasn't a long week for you guys, but it was a long week for me. Yeah, I, mean, I think I our, our long week was two weeks. weeks ago, and then your long week was this past week. Yeah, it had to be because, you know, it, you know um, if you haven't figured it out by now, we preview week was, is, is in the books. Uh, if you've not read any of those things, I'm not really sure why you're actually listening to this podcast to tell you the truth. Um, go to RiseUpAroundTable.com. Uh, we got previews for all of the men's teams and nearly, nearly all of the women's teams. Uh, with apologies to Detroit Mercy and IUPUI. Plus, we had our preseason polls for both the men and the women, and preseason all league teams. Um, I don't want to get into this too much, but uh, I think the men's preseason stuff kind of is gonna change. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Um, for that, you can go ahead and listen to our bonus episodes where we talk about Tanner Holding coming back. I don't think we need to belabor too much more of that. Uh, but uh, in the original history, we had Northern Kentucky uh, pick to uh, finish first, much to the chagrin, I, pres- I presume, of uh, Milwaukee fans. <laughs> we had picked <laughs> second. We had to disclaimer this because there was a very – it was – I, I have to say this because it, it was probably the closest vote we have had for the uh, for our preseason polls. It was really close, guys. And in the end, and it's gonna—I think it's gonna be really close this season for real too. Although I, mean, I, I suspect that a lot more teams are gonna be involved than just Northern Kentucky and Milwaukee. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the last two years we have—you're right—had a pretty clear cut, you know favorite and yeah. then clear cut number two uh the top four the last two years have all basically been the champion so people are oh you picked us third we'll show you dude third place is one game out of first chill <laughs> i know and and as blake said in the bonus episodes first when we pick first place it's usually cursed anyway so actually <laughs> whoever picks first place it's usually cursed what are we talking about I mean, it's not our. I mean, it's not our fault. I mean, and you know what? Every and by the way, I'd like to point out every time at the end of the season, we always check to see how check our work and see how we did. And last year sucked because we were wrong on a lot of different fronts, like you know the the whole 
Purdue Fort Wayne finishing first. But then again, everybody picked Purdue Fort Wayne to finish first, and obviously that didn't happen. So, but it's a fun exercise. And by the way, it's a fun, that part's a fun exercise. The real, obviously, the real work for us, the the real we get in the real guts of it is our actual previews. I mean, that's what we do. Um, so that was, and I'm happy to say that I was actually. Uh, I, how do I keep getting involved in writing these damn things anyway? How does this <laughs> keep happening? Horizonroundtable.com. Go there and could help want a columnist because yeah, I at the, as of right now, I'm probably going to have to write stuff for three different teams and man, that's going to be a lot of work. <laughs> Bobby Plutus lives on. <laughs> Bobby Plutus lives on. <laughs> so. But I want to talk a little bit about the top teams right now because we had um, Northern Kentucky on the men's side, Green Bay on the women's side. Um, by the way, hell of a way for Matt Earhart, our new Green Bay writer, to start his uh, time here, time with the Horizon Roundtable, is having the the last, the absolute last story, the last preview of preview week, and it was his. So, <laughs> no pressure on you, Matt. <laughs> Also, just keeping with our also keeping with our uh, uh, aesthetic of having a lot of mats around, <laughs> all over the place. You know, writing, podcasting, having a guest, you know, you know, plenty of mats around. But um, I kind of want to bring this up, obviously, since you obviously are immersed in Cleveland State. Um, and we had them pick pick second, but if you look at, but if, when you look at what Green Bay had bring bringing to the table, I guess there wasn't really too much of an argument of you know who would be fit, uh, who we had to be picked to pick finish first. I mean, even I, I I actually did have them first myself actually. It's funny because I think you talk about like I, I think in the past it's always been kind of automatic like you. Are we going to do the thing when everybody disappears again? Uh-oh. <laughs> this is what happened last time, last episode. Oh, no. Kyle? We, are we okay? Yeah. Oh, we are we now. You, you went dead air for a minute. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so you probably perfect. said a lot of really intelligent things that <laughs> we didn't hear because, let's face it, we you know something happened to your microphone. Aha, uh-huh, Bob has to edit. Oh, no, I don't. Oh. I, I didn't edit all that much last episode. And those were the actual media professionals. So what was the last thing I said? We'll pick it up. I, I um, the whole answer start over. at the beginning, man. Cause... All right. Well, I think it's like, a, you know, it's interesting because I think a lot of times in the past it used to be where you'd automatically give last season's champion first place the next year's kind of a courtesy, I guess. But I think a lot of people got away from that. And Green Bay, in their defense, is like, I mean, they were the regular season champs last year. They, they beat Cleveland State both times in the regular season. They beat them. One game was covid the year before, but they beat them in the other meeting that year. I mean, it's really just been a matter of running into the Vikings, and the Vikings are the better team, you know, on that day in the Horizon League semifinals of the finals. And it's kind of tough to say, like, oh, there's, there's nothing, like, fundamentally wrong with Green Bay. They just haven't won the right game on the right day in Cleveland State has. So you put that together with the fact that they're bringing 
almost everybody back outside of, you know, Sydney Levy, maybe in the Haley Oski, obviously they lost her halfway through last season, but they get Maddie Schreiber back from injury. They have another, you know, typically great, you know, Green Bay recruiting class from a bunch of local kids and going out to Minnesota a little bit for a couple of them. But it's going to be awfully hard to bet against them, to be honest. So, I, you know, you can, you can flip a coin and get a bunch of different, you know, go a couple of different ways on that one. But you, you're, Green Bay is a pretty safe pick most of the time. Now, the yeah. thing, too, is that you got on the women's side, there's, whereas the men's side, you could probably throw a blanket over one through five now, especially now Wright State. I mean, you probably could anyway, even before the whole Tanner Holden thing. But with the, on the women's side, however, it seems to be that there is kind of a specific it, – it's, it's, it's kind of a – and maybe this is unfair to say – kind of a two-team race at this point between Cleveland State and, and Green Bay. Um, yeah. You know, not not to not to take away anything from Youngstown State, who has a bunch of you know a bunch of players coming back, but a when you look at it, you still have you know those to me at least those two those two those two seem to be the two teams to to look out for. Yeah, I think I think it's fair to say it is Green Bay, Cleveland State, then a little bit of a gap, then Youngstown State, then maybe another small gap to Purdue for win. And although Purdue for win beat Youngstown State last year, so maybe I'm off with that. But you know, Youngstown State though, I want I don't want to write them off because they were the regular season champs two years ago with pretty much most of the same players. Had a bad year last year. I, you know, you can ask within that program. I think they'll give you you know. I remember back at media day, they, the word complacency came up more than once in their during their 10 minutes. I mean, it's not like they were up there for a super long time, but so I think there's maybe a little bit of that in play. Um, well, the other, yeah, I think the other part is the coaching situation, obviously. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's easy. But is to, it though? I mean, I, you know, it's easy to jump on that one, but again, you have, you know, Nicolay has been there since the beginning. They have the six sixth-year seniors. They've nobody ever mentions they have two other fourth-year seniors. I, I'm not super. You know, just just like when uh, Charlie Buscalia missed uh, a couple years ago, he missed most of the season. But and they were kind of they had you know an assistant that was capable of carrying that baton for a while and didn't necessarily miss a beat. If you have your program set up the right way, you can survive those kinds of things. And I think Youngstown State probably will in that case. I think they have a chance at least of having sort of a bounce back year and being in the thick of things. But at this point in time, I would put them a half step behind Cleveland state and green Bay for sure. Is there something wrong with some, something wrong with the horizon league that every year we seem to have an interim. I mean, it seems <laughs> to happen every single year Yeah, for one yeah. reason or another. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, she, yeah. So you had that. You had Robert Morris, like I mentioned, uh, Detroit Mercy. Uh, <laughs> that whole situation. Yeah, it's just. And then Oakland at the same exact time, if memory serves. Oh right. yeah, yeah. Geez, Oakland forgot Don't about forget that. Forget about that because 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 uh, Tungate yeah. had the uh, was it what was it a back issue or something like he had to rehab. Yeah, it was or something like that. It was uh, yeah, it was yeah, he was, was something, he was something with his back. Yeah, he had to you know miss a lot of that year. Keisha Blanton. Stepped in, did a great job for them, and got got an assistant coaching job out of Eastern Michigan off of that. But yeah, kind of. I mean, sometimes like you know, health things happen. And it's unfortunate, but it's just you know, we're all human beings that have those sorts of things pop up time to time. But 
the way that it's kind of played out a lot of times, the Oakland one's a little bit different. The Detroit Mercy one certainly was a lot different. And it's just, yeah, <laughs> it is a little bit cursed. I agree with you. A little bit. Um, I want to talk. Uh, are we undersell? Are we underselling Purdue Fort Wayne though? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think we had what we had fourth this season. Yeah. So, so I don't, and they, I mean, that's kind of where they ended up because they ended up in the semifinals of the, uh, of, of the, of the tournament this last season. Um, they seem to be the, the team that lost, didn't lose as much. I didn't look like. Yeah. Um, it seems to me that maybe we we're kind of missing something, but it, you know, realistically, there's a, there can be a lot of different, uh, different things that play in the middle of that, those standings. I get, yeah, it's a little bit, yeah, I think fourth is a good place for Purdue Fort Wayne right now. Like I, I kind of cautioned this on, on my, I'm still going to call Twitter. I'm sorry, but uh, like, you know, we're never calling it X, <laughs> <laughs> but I said this a little bit on Twitter. It's like, I, I was, I think you can get fall into this trap where a team gets hot late. And then you just assume that that, you know, that, that linear progression is going to keep going up the next year. And, so I, I worry a little bit about that Purdue Fort Wayne, but at the same time, I mean they've been kind of trending upwards for a couple of years now. Sure. They have, you know, if you have somebody like a Shayla Sellers that says I'm going to come back, I'm going, I'm not, you know, I don't know what her situation is exactly, but presumably she's close to being able to maybe use a grad transfer or somewhere else or something like that. But she's coming back, and that to me is a clear signal that says, hey, we're going for it this year, you know. Uh, Familiar Broman Shakel player I like a lot. Uh, yeah, they, I mean, they, they have, you know, most of the same cast coming back. You know, you know, Marcus Sano's a great coach. It's, you know, like somebody's going to surprise you in one direction or the other each sure. year. So I think you kind of, Purdue for a win, I'm not entirely sure which way to go on them. So I think you kind of hedge a little bit and say, okay, fourth's not bad. Like I remember Youngstown State a couple years ago when they had, uh, Mary Dunn did her grad transfer to Pitt and uh, what's her name? OBAs or uh, transferred to UNLV. And, and we kind of like hedged our bets a little bit on them and put them in the middle of the pack and then they ended up winning the regular season championship. So you try to play it safe when you're not sure. And you play it a little less safe when you are a little bit sure. And I'm not even sure which way to go on Purdue Fort Wayne right now. So we'll go with fourth. Sure. <laughs> and then you get to the Robert Robert Morris's situation, and I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not really familiar with what they're all about, but I do know they lost a lot over the, in the off season uh, for from a team that did not do very well. Yeah. Um, is this is this going to be? If I'm their coach, am I worried? Worried about being bad? Being, yeah. Bad. <laughs> worried about not being there anymore. Yeah. That's that's a tough thing because that's you know obviously that he's a he's a legacy his sure. dad is a coach there and his dad is just inducted into their school's hall of fame in fact um, yeah I I mean I don't know no, nobody's immune from that unfortunately it's just part of the business but yeah I it kind of just I mean there are things that happen internally that we have no idea about in terms of like what his standing is with the administration and all that kind of stuff but. Yeah, that it, it's going to be another tough year for him this year, I, th I think, at least right now. And uh, whether he can survive that, that's <laughs> sort of up to him and his athletic director, I guess. Well, I think it, it seems to me that they've very – there's been a lot of – they've been very um, 
generous probably isn't the word probably a little bit more accommodating if you well, will yeah, that's, that's the thing and you have yeah like you have a guy that's like that and it's like you know, I always compare it like when you have in pro sports, when you have like a legendary player come back to be general manager or something like that, or a coach down the line. And all I can think about is you might have to fire that guy someday. <laughs> and do you really want to do that? In fact, you're probably going to have to fire that guy someday because that's how it turns out more often than not. Sure. So, I, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's tough. Cause obviously he's, you know, that family's meant a ton to that program over the years. They, you know, obviously won the, the NEC a ton, uh, helped them get into the uh, horizon league and got them started in this conference. Uh, but sometimes it's just time and you have to do that. You got to go. You got to go. I guess. Yeah. Um, I want to flip. Uh, speaking of the, uh, speaking of that part, I want to talk to about the Robert Morris men. Um, you know, probably the best season they've had in the horizon league. It was, they finished what sixth. Um, but they lose Enoch Cheeks and they lose Michael Green the third, who probably were going to be two pieces that they really didn't need to miss. They didn't. They really probably didn't want to miss. Yeah. Um. As far as that's concerned, how is it? Uh, but maybe we. Uh, I guess my question is: This is kind of with regards to what they bring in, and we talked about. I know we've talked about you know the the arrival of Justice Williams and Marquis Hastings. For the losses, and I don't know if they are. Um, yeah, no that that's a that's a weird one. Just I'm I feel like there's a little bit of boom or bust with them. Uh, Justice Williams, to me, he could be Dwayne Cohill. He could just be you know a normal transfer from a team that you know was a power conference team who previously was averaging two points a game. Um, like I, I know he had the hype out of high school, yeah. but we're two years into his career. And do you say that he's, I mean, better than a lot of the other transfers we've had come in and be like third team all league types? I don't know. I I think that's kind of where he could be Cohill. Like Cohill had a lot of hype sure. coming out of high school, hadn't really done anything at a, you know a very good Dayton team. Uh, and then came to Youngstown and damn near beat, you know, Antoine Davis for our player of the year last year. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then I think more than that, I think this beyond the beyond the transfers, because obviously this is this is kind of the world we live in now. I think it's good. I think with Robert Morris, the key is going to be Josh Corbin. Yeah. What he does next year. I yeah. think above everything else, Josh Corbin stepping in, uh, Stefan Walker doing some more, and you know that that right there is going where it's going to hinge. Yeah, really I could definitely it. definitely see that with the you know two newcomers obviously being asked to do a lot. Um, maybe one of the you know European guys is. Uh, it's so hard to know how that's going to translate. For all we know. Um, you know, one of them can pop off right and away. We, and we've really, oh, and it's not surprising because we've talked or we've talked and see, you know, we, we talked previously uh, in episodes past about, you know, the, what this conference looks like as far as the tiers are concerned. I mean, realistically, I have it is, you know, any of those top five teams could 
do very well and win the conference. And then you kind of have that middle of the pack. And then you have Detroit Mercy. <laughs> see, <laughs> no, I, really, see, I mean, you have like six through ten. My six concern. That I think is like that. I think those that that six through ten and one through five. Those are the teams. I mean, we got our we've got our settle, but I don't know if it is. I don't know if it is at all. I'm I'm concerned with that bottom half. I mean, is Robert Morris going to be better than they were last year? I mean, they were finished six last year, so I don't know if they will be. Not with the not with who's. I think they could be significantly worse. We have them seven. We have them down one spot. They might not be nearly as good. Um, I don't necessarily agree with how our rankings shook out. Um, is IUPUI with one year really going to go from the bottom of Division One to like a pretty competent mid-tier team? I don't See? know. That, that, that one right there, that one is a, that one right there. I, 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 think I think we're underestimating IUPUI, and really? only because I think of a the the players that they have coming back, and yeah. they're very good players. Yeah, no, you know, I, I think not I just agree. so counter. Uh, Brady, the Gerard twins, and sorry, Ahmad, I've been spelling your name wrong for like a year. Um, <laughs> You know, you had Hamilton and ja- uh, Hamilton and Jackson, who had been hurt for a little bit, but they're back. But you have not only that, but then you bring in, then you have a healthy Bryce Monroe. Hopefully, and that is a huge deal because yeah. I think I think with Bryce Monroe last year, they probably would have did better than being the worst team in basketball. Yeah, they almost won a game like three games into the year when he was healthy and had a really nice performance. So, right. Yeah, exactly. We only saw him once. We're like, man, I wish we would have seen him a lot more. But I think depending on him for, you know, can you depend on a guy who's had, you know, that significant an injury history to, you know, play half of league play? If he can, then awesome. It depends, but also, too, you now have, but we also then realize, oh, yeah, by the way, you know, they didn't play with them last year, and those guys who were, you know, running the point have a year under their belts actually running the point. So what we saw last year may not necessarily be as bad as it was last year, if you will. Um so I think that's going to be now again the the other thing being you know that that middle of the pack they could beat each other up pretty badly and IUPUI could very well finish you know tenth or so <laughs> and you know probably maybe not do that much better because I see it I have you know again that that second group is Oakland Robert Morris IUPUI Green Bay and I would even put it for Fort Wayne at that point and. The concern is, you know, the concern that I have with Purdue Fort Wayne and Robert Morris is they brought in, they had to replace a lot of key pieces, Purdue yeah. Fort Wayne in particular. Oakland, yeah. Oakland still has a good core. I think they're, I think what they, uh, I think their big thing is going to be which Rocket Watch shows up, I think. Right. I think their success pin, hinges on that. They've got Trey Townsend. 
who I think everybody pretty much agrees, including us, is a first-team All-Horizon player. That they're pro- they're, It's going to be more of a matter of getting those guys more involved, really. So, um, but yeah, the, the the transfers for Robert Morris are going to be a factor. Uh, the transfers for Purdue Fort Wayne are going to be a factor. How well they mesh in with you know a, a Quentin Morton Robertson and a Anthony Roberts. Now, in Green Bay, I think it's the X factor of all X factors. Really. Yeah. Because you yeah. have the new coach, you have Sonny Wicks, and then you have Noah Reynolds, who, you know, should be a very quality transfer that could very – I mean, we have him picked ninth. If and- they finish closer to, like, sixth or seventh, I think that uh, it's hard to see Reynolds not being in the running for first team. Yeah. Because to me, our first team is pretty solid. I mean, yeah. I'm basing that off of, but oh, it, well, yeah. <laughs> because we took out all the votes for Holden, who pretty much were all either, you know, I mean, pretty much all towards the top of first team. Yeah. Um, but when you have half the people putting in first team and half the people thinking he won't play, it kind of threw things off. So uh, yes, of uh, let's pretend he's not playing. That's right. I, I, I submit uh, to my, my own admission. I did submit my non Tanner list. <laughs> I, I give you my non Tanner picks because, uh, you know, well, we didn't know they were going to do this. Like, damn it, why did you do this <laughs> well, next week? Did. I figured it would be in like two months. Yeah, come on. Do it. Yeah, like, do it when we know you, we thought you were going to do it, which is put around and wait until the end of the next, uh, end of the fall semester. Just to annoy oh, yeah. us. Yeah, I'm sure you got into this on the bonus episode, but, man, how savvy of a play was that? Oh, no, he graduated, psych. <laughs> That's so <laughs> We had a conversation about how does that even work? They said he graduated. They basically said he graduated in July. That should have been – that should have been – in July, that should have been the end of the conversation. He's yeah. a graduate transfer, for crying out loud. <laughs> I don't know. It didn't even make any sense to me. But, I had to get know. the registrar to go along with it. <laughs> To kidnap his dog or something, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I think for me, it's you know, IUPUI having a big jump would be a big deal for the bottom half of the league. It Uh, would be for me, Green Bay, UAA and Green Bay, both of them having any level of jump because. these were two I, of the worst teams in Ken Palm. They were two of the worst teams anywhere. Ken Palm, Net, whatever, you know, the you know, the Dolphin who picks Super Bowl games at the you know, SeaWorld. Yeah, they were all at the bottom. But this is that that is where this needs and again, this is where this needs to change. Where you know, this is where this, you know, hopeless optimism, this you know, this clueless optimism that I have about these things kind of materializes because I on paper, I see those two teams as being infinitely better than that they were last year. But again, infinitely better is, yeah, they're better than the two worst teams in, you know, all of college basketball. Yeah. Not really. You know, when you hit that rock there, you're not getting any further down. If you try to get any further down, you're like hitting the earth's core. I don't think we're, I think we, you know, I think we're good with them, you know, with their upward trajectory, I think. Um, that said, that said with IUPUI though, does this, and I know, I, I know this has been a discussion. Does this become 
a question if, if things do not progress what then have what is then what then happens after that if that yeah, is the case i think um, and i think they have, iupui mm-hmm. like everyone's comparing it to the green bay situation i don't see a comparison i, just I don't. don't either green bay expects to win they are usually had usually been towards the top of the league or yeah. you know at least the middle for years and years um they watched a hire and very quickly moved on. Um, IUPUI, Crenshaw replaced a two-year interim coach. That, How often do you run into two-year interim coach? A two-year interim coach who had a had a core of players that should uh, that the core of players that Byron Rim had in the two years he was an interim should have did infinitely better than they did. I mean, really, if you look at it, between Marcus Burke, Jalen Minnette, you know, Elijah Goss, all those guys, even Grant Weatherford, I mean, you look at that and you're like, how do they not do it very how do they not do all that great? Yeah, and that roster close my mind. <laughs> and then they all left and they basically left the cupboard bare and kind of left uh, <laughs> kind of left us with uh, a what if. You know, I mean, the fact that they even had to, you know, extended the interim another year is still mind blowing. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I've ever heard of that. <laughs> that's that, no, that's bizarre. That's completely bizarre. And I mean, and obviously, it really the is state of the world at the time, kind of. Really, uh, the state, the state, the same state of the world that saw I, UIC get rid of Steve McLean and again, inexplicably, Green Bay get rid of Link Darner. That same world where well, those, I, two, those two te- those two coaches USC uh, went and hired a coach for half a million dollars, and I'm pretty sure Crenshaw is making closer to 150. I understand that too, but it's like you know, even then, I mean, you still probably could have gotten somebody in 21. I mean, really, or you know, 20. Everybody else seemed to have a problem. No, nobody yeah. else seemed to have a problem with it. You know, what do I, but then again, what do I know? I'm only the guy who only watched this team and wondered, how are you not doing better? <laughs> no, seriously, they were, you know, they, they, and maybe it was COVID. Maybe that was a big issue because they, 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 they canceled a whole boatload of games. I mean, they yeah. only had, they, although, yeah, they, they definitely anyway. had some. Anyway, yeah, that's, it was like three years ago. <laughs> it was two years ago. We're talking about now, we're talking about does we're talking about whether or not Matt Crenshaw is on the hot seat or not. I would give him another year regardless, unless okay. they are literally as bad as last year. If they make no progress with a roster that, by all accounts, should be better, sure. Yeah, I but, expect it to be better. I do. I mean, if they finish in the single digits in league play, give him another year. That's where I'm at. Yeah. So. I guess we should talk about Detroit Mercy. <laughs> now that we know that there are players on their team. Please just don't be as bad as Green Bay and IUPUI have been. That's <laughs> See, that's the thing, too. I mean, that it's so weird because we've talked about the, the, wa- the transfer waiver situation with Tanner Holden. And I think that somehow has given Detroit Mercy fans hope potentially that that Alex Chickow will actually get his. It's a completely different situation, though. 
It is. It truly is. And no, I don't know if they're I don't think they're gonna get as much out of them. I think Detroit Mercy's issue, as it's ever been, is A, how do these guys get how do these guys gel together? And B, can they stay healthy? I mean, really, that is like everything at this point. And yeah, it's funny because um I think Alex Corey in his preview when he talked to Mike Davis, he, I think Mike Davis even joked, there must be something in the water at Detroit Mercy for these that, things to happen. So, because he's, yeah, apparently he's, yeah, yeah, I guess he's never seen it anywhere in, anywhere else he's played, which realistically, yeah. I don't really blame, I don't really, I don't really fault that. <laughs> um, Probably good, the good news that they do have is that Jaden Stone is back. Um, when he was actually on the floor, he was actually really good. Really good. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, he wasn't on the floor because of eligibility issues. I guess he's gotten that all straightened out now. Um, but then the other thing is, and yeah, I guess they are really pinning their hopes on getting Chick out this waiver. I don't know how, cause I guess, uh, cause it looks like Davis is really high on him. But that's a problem because I don't know if he's actually going to be there. I mean, is he going to be one of those? Uh, is he going to be one of those summer? Some, uh, is it going to be summer? One of those January folks who magically appear? I mean, <laughs> like like Gerald Liddell, like exactly like Gerald Liddell. Just need to time him and Jaden Stone right this time. Are they gonna? <laughs> I don't know. I'm also interested in seeing what Mac Mansell does. The the Arizona at the Arizona the Arkansas State transfer. Um, again, I you know want want because his issue again has been again the, the health issue is always a question. I know um, I know he's mind. It looks sounds like he's mindful of that. Um, I guess he is fully rehabbed from his knee injury, so you know theoretically you know he he should be kind of a core part of it. But man, I gotta say again. Because it's been such a, you know, in and out with these guys that I don't know. I don't know if these are the guys that, you know, I I just don't see it. I I don't know, you know, this is the same team that with, you know, Antoine Davis on it, the second leading scorer in all of NCAA history, could not, could not deliver results. I mean... Yeah, or maybe, or maybe it's better. I don't know. Right, like that would be weird. That would be so weird, though. Oh, that'd be so. It would be awkward as all get out. Uh, Detroit Mercy had the had the most prolific scorer at NC, the second most prolific scorer in NCAA history. Definitely the most prolific scorer in Horizon League history. And they somehow do better. They somehow do better without him than with him. That doesn't even that doesn't compute with me. I don't, I don't know. know. See, I guess we're gonna find out. Yeah. Yeah, I for guess. sure. <laughs> like, like the meme says, Detroit Mercy has the chance to do the funniest thing ever. <laughs> they do. They really do, and it's actually pretty funny. So, just the ultimate team ball. Everyone shoots the exact same number of times per game. Yeah, might as well. I mean, hey, it works. Um, yeah, but um, I know we talked a little bit about the the Purdue Fort Wayne women. Uh, again, the Purdue Fort Wayne men. That is going to be a big – that's going to be an issue. All five of their starters are gone, obviously. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny because they finished 17 and 15 in, in any normal season. That would be, you know, an above 500 season. That would have been great, but they finished eighth in the conference. Yeah. But that's because the conference is goofy. <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, the f- top four teams were goofy. The, the, you know, the, the middle, the, you know, the six, seven, the eight, six, seven, six through nine were goofy. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was well, – no, they finished ninth, didn't they? Shoot. Yes, tied for ninth. They finished tied. They they finished ninth. Oh, tied for eighth. Tied for eighth. They were tied for eighth, and then Detroit got Mercy got the got the tiebreaker. So yeah, and now they now they have to rebuild with all the new guys. And it's so interesting because I really like some of the pieces that they've added. You yeah, know, Bello from yes. right down the street at Parkside gives mm-hmm. me, I mean, rich man's Contrell Pullian vibes. Yeah, he, I think you could be better than Contrell Pullian, who's a very good player. Yeah. Who, you know, got all league votes. Um, yes. Uh, Jalen Jackson from UIC, uh, if you have followed them since they left, he uh-huh. strikes me as the, you know, he could have been the guy to kind of step up and be their new scorer uh, when they got hit by the portal bug. Um, yeah. I really think, I think so, so too. now at Purdue Fort Wayne, he could be doing the exact same thing, you know, make just a sick backcourt with Bello and then the returning guys. Yes. Along with, uh, yeah, along with uh, Quentin Morton Robertson. So, so yeah, I think, yeah, because I'm pretty sure that he, yeah, Morton Robertson, he, he runs the point. I mean, he split that time with, uh, you know, he, he split that time with Chonqui last season. Actually, they were both on the floor at one point in time. Smallest backcourt ever, and it seemed to work for a time. <laughs> no, it really did. I mean, they, and I think, actually, the thing with Morton Robertson is I think he actually, his three-point shooting comparative compared to Chonqui was better. I thought it was a better kind of – so I thought, you know, I think this – I think what – what John Kaufman generally does, which of course is, you know, that, that three point shooting part of it. I think he fits a little better now moving forward. And then of course we got the Valpo transfer, Nelson, uh, Max Nelson. So I guess, yeah, give it, looking at him, he looks like he's the Bobby Planudis uh, replacement there. Which could be a bit of a drop. And Possibly. That's where, yeah. That's, that's where it's like I like the pieces they added, but they just lost so much. Yeah. But I mean, well, they, two years ago we had them picked towards the bottom of the league, and that they, as far as I'm concerned, I know you're Cleveland State guys. I don't care. As far as I'm concerned, you trade games against UIC and IUPUI for a uh, third game against Cleveland State, which you then lose. You you won the league. Yeah. Like they finished tied. All they had to do was beat UIC or IUPUI. I yeah. think they probably beat both of them. Yeah, and you know, but yeah, that's and then they would have been cursed because they would have been the one seed. <laughs> I mean, they already were cursed. They were the two seed and they lost. That is true because they, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, I guess it didn't really matter one way or the other. But, um, but I think you know, the other thing too is who is going to go in and replace Rob Petty because I think we see kind of where that's going. Because we saw Eric Mulder come in um, as a freshman, um, also Jonathan Dijonay. But the other thing too, and this was something that when I talked to John Kaufman was kind of a thing. D'Angelo Elze, he actually redshirted because Rob Petty came back. 
because they weren't sure if Rob Petty was going to come back. So they had recruited Elise, um, the JUCO guy. And when it was when it was announced that Petty came back, there he is. There he's the uh, he's the, uh, he's going to be there. So they got a so and he was a very capable rebounder, crash the boards, big guy in JUCO. And I think having him, I it's going to be interesting to see him in action. It's going to be interesting to see Bellow in action. And I think I think not to mention you have Anthony Roberts who's going to be there too. So that's going to be important as well. Just getting him more into the flow of the offense because he was in there for bits and pieces but obviously when you have that many when you have that much talent you know senior talent um you're not going to see the floor as much as you think you're going to see it yeah yeah and i and i suspect that we'll probably see a lot more i don't know i i I think we might see some we keep we never talk about freshmen (laughs) Is it because they're freshmen? I mean, we talked about one, and when he was on the court, it went really well, and then he just wasn't on the court anymore. <laughs> that's for Eric Mulder. Yes, that's right. Uh, no, no. Yeah. I'm a couple sorry. years ago. The other season. freshman. Uh, Pat Baldwin no Jr. Pat oh, Baldwin that, Jr. That, that one, yes. I well, mean, there was a reason for that, John. <laughs> how do you know how some, you know – it's so hard, I don't know, to translate, like, based on high school production to yeah. the yeah. mid-major level. When now, you know, I mean, it was... There are certain times where you can tell, like, oh, man, this guy's going to be awesome. This guy's going to be awesome. Oh, he got a Northwestern offer. He's gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, as speaking for myself, I think it's just... You just don't know what the coaching staff's plans for any of these players are. You know, I know, like, you know... Wright State as a highly touted freshman in uh, Sagester um, had half the conference was after her. They could throw her in the starting lap right where they could register. We don't really know what's going to happen with that. <laughs> they probably won't yeah. register her, but it's always something that's on the table. You know, so, so you kind of like, like I was saying earlier with predictions, you kind of err on the side of caution with it a little bit, I think. Now, Pauline Hernandez, I could talk about her plan because she's going to be a significant piece for the Vikings this year. Sure. And the coaching staff loves her and yeah, I could talk about that a little bit, but as far which as other which teams, we'll do on the well, in the second episode in great detail because <laughs> we're going far, to we really have about team, State at all. So yeah, as far as the freshmen on the other teams, where I'm not like following them around obsessively over the, the uh, Great Lakes region, <laughs> I don't know that I can speak to them as intelligently. Right, that that's what makes it so difficult. Like it really is, and maybe the, and I think that's probably a, a lot of. I think a lot of that has to do with the, again, a lot of that has to do with the portal and just the the way that players are recruited at this moment in time between the portal and the JUCO ranks. You don't see a lot as far as the, I think that's going to change probably as we move forward, probably, be, you know, as some of these fifth year seniors are finally, you know, running out of their extra years and whatnot. But I don't know if it will. I just don't know. I mean, I think we trying to scout at, you know, freshmen at the mid-major level as fans are kind of less equipped to do it than the coaches, obviously. Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're recruiting transfers in JUCOs. So, like, they, they find it hard, too. Like Clearly. 
Well, so yeah, man, that's the whole thing right there that you just touched on, John. I mean, talk about the explosion of the portal. And you ask just about any coach will say it's more of a certain thing. I know what they do at this level. I know how they fit in my team. Freshmen, I just don't know. I mean, if they don't know, what the hell chance do we have? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, when I watched, you know, Wesley Matthews play when I was in high school, okay, yeah, that guy's going to play in the freaking NBA. He's dunking over Division One players. Sure. But – you know, the Devontae Maiman, I had no idea he was going to play at Youngstown. <laughs> like, Well, that makes two of us. <laughs> I'm sure you guys have a little more material on the men's side, but geez, I mean, if, if I if I hear about oh, so-and-so committed and I want to go learn a little bit more about them, I might get like a couple of short highlight <laughs> videos on Huddle, YouTube, if I'm lucky, they might have a five-minute, right. you know five minute hype reel or something like that. We need to figure out what we need to figure out what Larry Wickle is doing. Cause if you've ever seen him, if you ever read any of his articles about incoming freshmen, he does like, he writes a book, man. He's like, yeah. he dives into it. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Good for you um, though. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like when I, write some, when I write those, I'm like, I, I do, I, I do the best I can with what I can, can get. I mean, dude, dude, like fun. dude is tracking down like his, the, you know, the players, AAU coaches and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Damn. yeah. And good for him, man. He's going all in, doing the job right. That's right. So, um, speaking of speaking of Larry, we'll talk a little bit about uh, we'll we'll talk about Northern Kentucky, both Northern Kentucky teams in the second episode. Uh, this is going to close out the first part. Uh, we're doing this back to back, you know. So, tune in shortly. Horizonaroundtable.com. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's where all our podcasts are. Obviously, preview weeks there. If you haven't read any of the preview week stuff, go there. Go do that now. If you're um, on the website already, just just click that little thing up in the top left corner. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can pull us up uh, wherever podcasts are found. You can pull us up on your Amazon and Google devices. So uh, until like immediately, <laughs> back to back. Uh, hopefully, you guys have time to listen to these. Thank you for listening.